welcome to Wonder Pod, episode 185. I'm your host, Bruce McGee, as you hopefully know by now. But if you don't, there you go. A little info. Recently added, potentially staying. It'll depend on the whim of a crazy person. Uh, joining me this week, as he always does, it's Glacinator. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hey, a quick question for you, there, yeah. sliced bread. Uh, are you still using the? <laughs> I don't ask. Uh, are you still using the the mic, the stand up mic you had to buy, or are you using your headset mic? Or your... I'm using uh, when I was in Boston this summer, I ended up getting some uh, nice like Apple headphones, like uh, not headphones but earbuds. The oh, ones that like got a mic on them. Oh, so... you mean the hipster earbuds? Okay. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> well, that's usually when. When are you gonna switch to the thick black framed glasses? I already have those. I was gonna say I, I had those before. See, like, it's like a hipster because I I had those before. Everyone else had those. As soon as it came out of my mouth, the the, the light bulb went on. Damn it, he's had those. <laughs> so it makes me more hipster, I guess. I don't know. For those of you playing along at home, I can I can attest that Glacinator is the furthest thing from a hipster. Except maybe me. Uh, <laughs> also joining us as always, as he always does, you just heard him chuckle. It's John. Hey, hey, everybody. I need to turn up my earphones because both of you are quiet. <laughs> I think I turned. That wasn't back. that wasn't quiet. <laughs> I, I think I turned it back down. Not when... like the Pillsbury Doughboy over here. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the hipster, with the hipster microphone. Coming to you live. <laughs> I'm pulling on my shirt like like one of those chest microphones. Coming to you live from the scene of the accident. Um, like one of those filters on my mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like Franklin Roosevelt on the radio or something. Do they make Instagram filters for microphones? I could put it in GarageBand and probably put it through a filter. <laughs> Oh, great. We're going to Seattle grunge er, in like an era before Glacinator was born or barely around. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm aware of grunge. Come on now. Oh, I didn't say you weren't aware Kurt of it. Is. Goodness. But John and I lived through it um, or survived it, depending on your musical days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, see, I knew I, I like some of it, but I had a feeling. Of course, I'm a West Coaster. So there you go. Those East Coast people, yeah, you can't trust them. And he's like the furthest east you can get without falling in the Atlantic. Uh, <laughs> and I've done that before. <laughs> I, I'm sure you have. The qu- only question that remains is, was there booze involved or not? Uh, <laughs> Speaking young and stupid, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I had one of those, too. Except I fell in the Pacific, because, again, <laughs> I'm on the West Coast. Yeah, that was not fun fell kind of off this little sandy cliff kind of thing, rolled twice, and poof, face first in the ocean. I decided that I was going to jump across uh, uh, sheets of ice on the ocean and then fall through one. Oh. It was cold. Yeah, I was going to say the northern Pacific's not warm. You know, we're not... It changes for, for those of you that are geographically impaired or just stupid. It's it's not all Baywatch here. <laughs> <laughs> it changes as you go further north. <laughs> yeah, my, my 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 only thing that the only thing good about it is that I only went way steep and I, and I got I was able to get back out. But 
it was not it was not pleasant. I, I was gonna say that probably had to be a little bit of a frightening experience because I've only I've only fallen through ice once and it was only up to my knees. Mm-hmm. Walking on the edge of a frozen lake. Um and unsure if it was frozen enough. Yeah. You know, and 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 that was that scared me enough that I wanted nothing more to do with that frozen lake at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't. I guess I didn't. I, didn't, I learned my lesson in that I shouldn't go out too far. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I definitely went back to that spot a couple times. Glacinator, on the other hand, is wondering what the hell ice is, unless it comes from the refrigerator. <laughs> I can I can I can make that joke for podcast purposes, but I also know full well that he's a skier and that his family, him and his family, take vacations to the snow. So he is he is technically aware of what it is and has frozen been. water fall from the sky. What? <laughs> what? What witchcraft is this? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. You have talking snowmen too. My gosh. Yeah, in some people's yards. Coming up here in about two weeks. <laughs> I always wanted an animatronic snowman that just said, get off my lawn. Um, and that was long before I was technically internet old. Okay, let's make this about video games at least for five minutes anyway. Uh, Glaze. No, wait, I started with you last week. John. And I also yes, know John's sir. the only one that's been playing anything new, Ooh. probably. Uh, John, it's what have you... It's actually very little, to be, to be quite honest. Uh, well, that's fine. I mean, it... This segment can take five minutes or it can take 50. It, it's okay. never been dictated, so what have you been doing? Well, I've been playing a little bit more of uh, Beyond Good and Evil HD. Um, it's, it, it's it's still very entertaining. I, I, I enjoy the interaction between Jade and Paige, uh, Jade being the, the girl main character and Paige the, the, her, the, uh, the, the, the pig uh, sidekick. Um, they kind of they get along pretty good. She calls him an old ferret and stuff, which is kind of funny. And so I mean, I'm, try, I'm trying to um, get the achievements as I play. So I'm trying to get as many photos as I can. Because um, in the game, uh, the way you earn money uh, for the most part is by taking photos of the various creatures that are around the, around the, the land, and so and in the air and in the water, whatever you can see. So uh, the camera mechanic is. It's pretty good. I mean, it's just left bumper and to take a picture and you can zoom in, try to get the best shot and take it. Um, though I'm, I'm, I like how it's not quite uh, obvious where you're going to find animals around. Like um, when, you're, when you're driving around in your hovercraft on the water, there's some barricades that keep you from going too far out, you know, too far out and too far away. And I, I, was, I was driving around trying to find somewhere to go. And then this great big whale just breaches up out of the water on the other side of the barricade, and and, and I was like, whoa! And I was, you know, fumbling for my for the camera, trying to make sure I get a good shot, and I was waiting for it to happen again. So that's pretty fun. Uh, it kind of it reminds me of uh, of the Wind Waker a bit because that, of course, has a has its own camera mechanic as well. It's a little less uh, well, it's not it's not entirely true. I wouldn't say it's it's less animated. Because you because you take photos of people you know in your town and stuff and and some of the and some of the enemies but some of those enemies can be pretty big as well like you can take photos of the bosses and stuff as well so but you have to try not to get killed while you or get hit or get hurt while you're trying to take a picture and, and get them into a good frame because in the Wind Waker which I've also been playing with Peter um, 
when you get photos and you get a good rating on your photo, which means that you know you got their their body you know, facing you and in the full uh, height of the frame, that you can bring those photos back to this guy who's at the the forest, um, the Forbidden Forest, uh, Forbidden Forest, the the uh, Forest Haven, I think. Yeah, Forest Haven, the Forest Haven Island. There's a, there's an island there that has a guy. And here's more Wind Waker spoilers. Uh, there's a guy in one of those in one of those uh, side islands, the smaller ones, where you go in, talk to him, give him, show him your photos, and he'll make figurines of your of your pe- of the people and the enemies that you take pictures of. And he has like ten rooms, eight or ten rooms, of empty tables that you can fill up with figurines. And and it's I'm not sure what the end game is. What what do you get at the end? Um, but it, it's kind of a fun little side quest, and it keeps me occupied while Peter is not playing with me uh, because I want you know he wants to see the, the the dungeons and the fights and all that kind of stuff. So just scooting around you know Hyrule and uh, on the on in the boat and trying to find. You know, try to fill up my map by talking to the the fish that's on every square. You give him some bait, and he'll fill that out. But then also, if I can find enemies and, and new people, I take their photos and bring it back to the guy, and try filling up that room. So you know, it's it keeps me playing, but without having to advance the story too much and and for Peter to miss anything. Um, but other than that, I guess the more interesting thing that I've been playing is that I went to Best Buy the other day. Uh, Looking for uh, a 3DS stylus that I can't seem a 3DS Excel stylus which I can't seem to find anywhere. You can buy packages of style you know, different styluses, no problem. Um, but the, what the, what's what's kind of silly about it is that uh, yeah, and, and of course any stylus will work. Christ, my finger works, but it's not the, it's not a replacement stylus that fits in the slot at the perfect size. So the stylus between the, the 3DS XL and the DSi XL is slightly different in how it fits in the thing, which is you know kind of dumb, but it's but that's what it is. And um, so you know you can buy a pack of, of DS stylus uh, styli and of various sizes, and it's you know. It's funny how the packaging says it's compatible with all these three, all these DS models, and yet what it means is you can, you know, you can point, you can tap with them. I think they don't necessarily fit in properly, so yeah, you know, that's a bit annoying actually. I, I, at this point, in order to replace the stylus that Peter lost on me, I'm going to have to order it. I think through Nintendo's shop, like their actual store online, and have it mailed to me <laughs> at like two or three bucks a pop. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I could just use another stylus, but then I'm just going to lose it if I put it in my pocket, right? So it's a bit silly. Uh, but that being said, uh, I was at Best Buy and I, and I, I approached the the PlayStation 4 demo kiosk again that I, I I mentioned the other week, and and it wasn't working. As I wanted to try a couple of the other games that I had missed at that, uh, the first time, but it wasn't working. It was a, it was stuck on Knack. Um, it couldn't get out of the demo. But next to it was a Vita, and I don't. I don't I, of course, I don't own a Vita, and I, I don't have. I don't know anybody who has one, so I, I picked it up to see what was on there because it was on. And Tearaway, the new game that's coming out tomorrow, um, it was on there, and uh, it's it's a new game by Media Molecule, the people behind uh, Little Big Planet, and so I, I I had heard good things about it, some good buzz, and I, but I didn't know much about it, so I, I decided to give it a shot, and it's kind of like a three D. A 3D platformer where everything is made out of paper, like you're made out of paper, the land is and stuff, 
And what it seems to do, you know, it, it's it's very colorful, and the music seems pretty cool, and it's very charming. You know, the, the, you know, you can tell that it's made by the same people behind Little Big Planet. But what it what it seems to do, uh, based on the demo, I didn't get to, it doesn't get you too deep into the game, but it allows you to use the various place uh, the PS Vita uh, functionalities, like the the touch screen on the front and the back, and and uh, you know the microphone, the camera, and stuff. It kind of gets you to interact with the world in different ways. So there was one place where uh, in the demo you can't jump, but you can bounce. And when you bounce on these circles, that kind of look like drums. If you tap on the on the on the touch screen on the back on the spot where they jump, then he'll jump even higher, and you can platform like that. There's a place where there's a there's a guy who kind of talks to you and asks you to pull back the the paper so you can so he can so he can get a good look at you kind of thing and so you use the the front touch screen to pull you know you, you touch the screen to pull the paper from side side to side and he kind of jumps out and stuff um during the game the storyline is that you are on this journey with the character I, I can't remember his name but but the camera is pointing at your face and so it's almost kind of like uh teletubbies your face is in the sun like you you are the sun uh following this guy around so it's 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 I, I I can't comment on it too much other than this early impressions. Uh, seems fun, seems charming. Uh, I'd like to see you know how how deep the the platforming goes, but uh, you know, later on in the game. But it's uh, it certainly seems like a fun purchase. And if I owned a Vita, I think I would definitely be interested to see where this goes. Uh, Glace, you were saying on the on before before the show, you're thinking you're going to pick this up instead of Zelda tomorrow. Um, Apparently, that's not a bad, you know, either way you go, you're going to be pretty safe. Mm, yeah, I've read online that it's it's only, it's pretty short. It's only six or seven hours, which I think is a better purchase for me right now because with exams coming up, I don't want to get bogged down in like a, you know, 10, 15 hour Zelda game yeah, and, fair and fail everything. So, yeah. I mean, this feels like the right amount of like, right speed for me right now. Yeah, it it also apparently has a, a level editor as well that you can build levels out of paper, you know. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, it's I, definitely I, quirky enough that uh, I'm thinking yeah. about putting up a review on it when I do get it, just because it feels unique enough that I can say something interesting about it. So. Yeah, quirky is a good word. Uh, but you know, one of them days I'm probably I'm probably going to get a Vita, you know, whether that's the next price drop or something like that. Um, there seems to be some better things coming out for it uh, all the time. So, um, yeah. So that's all yeah, I've been playing, really. If you can I mean, find a bundle, John, it's it's pretty decent. Like, I mean, last year I got uh, Assassin's Creed and uh, PlayStation All Stars and like three months of PS Plus all in one bundle. So that's not too bad. Yeah, you got it on. A, was that a was that a that Black, Black Friday deal? That was Black Friday deal. Yeah. So I keep my eye out for stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, the, the reason why I haven't played a whole lot this week is that I've been catching up on season four of uh, the show Community on Netflix. That's kind of been taking up Ooh. my spare my spare time. And uh, yeah, oh, it's it's more compared to the other three. It's a pretty terrible season. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know that that puppet episode. I wanted to rip my eyes out and my ears. Uh, it was so bad, but. <laughs> But the but by the end of the the end of the season they turned it around really really well um, kind of felt like itself again by the by the end so you know if you if you're 
I, 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 I tweeted about it on uh, there today, and someone replied to me and said that he and his wife, they got halfway through the puppet episode, turned it off, and never and never finished the season. Um, but I think it's worthwhile to stick stick with it. Once you hit the Christmas episode, you're kind of in the in the clear. But it's so interesting um, to see because the there's two things that happened on that season that uh, is it Dave Herman or Dale Herman, the guy who created the show. Dan Herman. Dan, yeah, he 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 had left, and I, and I knew that much, but I didn't realize that Chevy Chase had actually left the show, and I th- I knew there was some good contract disputes or some kind of stuff going on, drama, but I didn't know that he was gone, and 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 I was I was watching the season go along, and I was like, why? It's like every episode there was a reason for Pierce not to be around, <laughs> you know, Chevy Chase's character, or he wasn't in the show at all, like he was, he'd just say a few things and be gone again, so. Yeah, it was all tied into into him actually having left the show. So that they managed to get enough of him, enough footage of him to fill out thirteen episodes, m- minus maybe two where he ha- I don't think he was in them at all. But um, yeah, it was interesting trying to see how they kind of tried to cover that up. But yeah. So you, did you you finish the whole season? I did. Yeah, it's only thirteen episodes, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I thought it was weird how they just sort of <laughs> got rid of his character at the end. He just sort of disappeared. Yeah. Not really a, yeah. a goodbye at all. But I don't know. The new season's yeah. coming out in, I think, in February. No, and, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like January 2nd or something, I think. January? It's, okay. Something like this. It's really, it's really uh, quick, early in the new year. And Herman, um, is, back. And plays, Herman is back. Yeah, the guy that plays Troy, though, only signed on for six episodes. So. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's only, it's, it's only a 13-episode season as well, I think, so. Mm-hmm. But it's a good I love, show. I love that. I love that show, though. It's one of my favorite TV shows. Yeah, that's pretty great. And that's it. Uh, two things. So, sure. Wind Waker, which yep. came out in 2002, has a take photo function. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, therefore, it's a clone of Beyond Good and Evil. Well, Beyond Good and Evil came out then, too. Not the original. Uh, on PS, it came. It was on PS2 on uh, at some point. Let's check. But you see my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're trying to fish me in too. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Glacinator, John's Netflix thing. Oh, you were correct. It's actually okay. It's back to good. Beyond Good and Evil being a clone. It was 2003. I thought uh-huh. it was I thought it was earlier than that. So okay, so it's back to being clone. Nice try, Bruce. Uh, Glacinator. Speaking of Netflix, Orama, I've been watching the show Destination Truth. Uh, it's a sci-fi show. They they kind of totter into the paranormal a bit, like go, that stupid ass shit, Ghost Hunters. But they do more like uh, unknown animals and things, right? But one of the show, one of the episodes they did that did involve the paranormal is on this island in outside of Mexico City in the old Aztec canals. It's called Island of the Dolls. I would scrape together a thousand USD for you to spend a night on this Island of the Dolls. Watching the episode creeped me out. There's, I'd probably go there in a day just to face my fear of the fact that I hate creepy dolls. But I, I, I would really almost be willing to scrape together a thousand dollars to see if you could make it through a night on this island. 
There's just a bunch of porcelain dolls everywhere. Oh, thousands of them. Can I just wear a blindfold the whole time? No. Here's <laughs> here here's the backstory of it. What and, and for the audience at home, I don't give a shit if you believe in ghosts or don't believe in ghosts or you're one of those logical logical free thinkers who thinks it's just not goddamn possible. It's never going to happen. Blah 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 blah. It's it, it it there's still it, especially Destination Truth is interesting to watch because the way they present it isn't stupid. It doesn't do more harm than good like that idiotic show Ghost Hunters tends to do. Um, a little girl drowned in one of the canals, and so people started leaving as tribute these dolls. There are thousands of them. There's no place on that island you can go and not see dolls in various states of decay and they're not the the, the friendly variety they're all the porcelain-esque creepy variety um i i'm telling you i, I like i said i would go there during the day but i don't think i don't think a uh, hundred thousand dollars is enough to make me want to spend a night on that island <laughs> but i actually john like you the, the reason i bring it up is that's actually kind of what i've been watching in the evenings rather than um <laughs> Glace, when I'm doing my what I've been playing after you're done, just type into a Google search, and John, you can do the same. Type into a Google search, Island of the Dolls, and go to images to see what I'm talking about. The p- photos were creeping me out. <laughs> so, on that note, I've also been watching a little Netflix. I uh, have not gotten to Community yet, but I've heard good things, so I'll have to do that one of these days. You, you should watch the Dungeons & Dragons episode. I, yeah, that's one of the ones that's, that's been pointed out to me as really good. You would you would love that episode. I probably yeah, I've heard I've heard that at least. Um, what have you been playing this week, Glaze? Well, really, all this week I've been playing. I've been playing more uh, Guacamelee, and uh, I still haven't beaten it yet. I'm sort of trying to 100% everything before I go to the final boss. Um, I just got the power up where you it's like it's like a goat charge move or something, but basically you can latch on the walls and then shoot off of them, which really opens up a lot of the different areas that you were in before in ways that you can go to new area, different places, which I think is really interesting. Uh, like, you'll just launch straight up into the sky or left and right, and you can get over towers and stuff that you couldn't get over before. Um, I got to one of the areas that John was talking about last week where your character is pretty small on the screen, and I will admit that it was slightly annoying. Uh, it was like this challenge room area where you had to, you know, go all the way up this giant tower and uh, get like the heart piece at the top. But it, it, it was pretty small on the video screen. I'll admit that's the first time that I've had an issue with it being too small. And I don't know how you would address that in this game because you need sort of the whole screen to see what you're doing. But it, I mean, it's whatever. Um, I'm, I'm pretty far in getting. Most of the treasure chests, uh, I have like more than 100% in most areas. Uh, I'm trying to do it with no guides or anything or figuring out what to do. So, so far, the only thing I'm having problems with is figuring out what the heck I do with this lever in this one like forced area. Like I, I hit this lever and it's like the skeleton lever and then like something starts moving, but I don't know what, what's moving. I have to figure out what it is. Um, uh. Yeah, that, so far that's my only thing I'm stuck on, but... It'll probably be the last thing I figure out, I guess. Um, I didn't really talk about this last week at all, but uh, last week, I forgot I forgot to say this completely, uh, I went to the new uh, arcade that opened up here in Lafayette. 
And uh, I went with a friend, and we went when uh, all the games were free for some reason. It was like the first weekend they were open, and we went at like one in the afternoon. And there was no one there, and it was all free to play, which was awesome. And they had a lot of stuff there. Um, they had a uh, they had a couple of pinball machines. Uh, they had they had they had track and field a track and field cabinet, super old like the Rolly Ball. Uh, I mean, you had your Pac Man. They had like a Mario cabinet that which they installed some like. Uh, mod inside so you can access different game types um they had donkey kong you know um they had uh nba uh it was i'm not sure if it was nba jam or if it was another basketball game there was an arcade cabinet they had they had the original x-men cabinet uh they just put in a simpsons cabinet yesterday i'm not sure which one it is though um what else do they have um they had a terminator cabinet uh, and they had oh they had, they had teenage mutant ninja turtles ugh, teenage mutant ninja turtles cabinet too not not turtles in time but the one the first one which isn't as good as turtles in time but it's still a lot of fun uh, but the game that we probably had the most fun playing and I was super surprised about this was NFL Blitz uh, I guess I'm not sure which mall it was I looked it up afterward and it's I think it's the first NFL Blitz. And I had never played it before, and I'm not really one for sports games at all. I mean, I like, I like playing Mario Soccer and the really ridiculous games because they're ridiculous. And NFL Blitz is even more ridiculous than Mario Soccer, which was super fun. Uh, I mean, it's a normal football game, but all the players just, like, flop around like sumo wrestlers, and they pull off all these wrestling moves whenever you get someone. Like, you tackle someone, and they'll, like, sumoplex someone, like, into the ground. Uh, there's, like, a terrible amount of... There's a terrible small amount of polygons on the screen, so everything looks <laughs> looks terribly funny while you're doing it. You can juke people like across the map by pressing like the dodge button over and over again. You'll just do all these pirouettes and flips. Um, when you throw the ball, like catches on fire, and basically nothing really makes sense. I mean, you can pull off plays and there's your normal football stuff, but everything is so over the top ridiculous and how it works that it, it was just hilarious. Uh, the first game I played uh, with the friend that I went with ended up coming down to a field goal. It was actually a pretty like intense like game for how ridiculous everything on screen was happening. And I ended up kicking kicking the field goal from like 50 yards, and he tried to tackle me and got a penalty and stuff. And, I don't know. It was it was hilarious. So we're probably gonna go back and play some more of that game. I never played it before, and it was a lot of fun. So and it seems a good place to hang out. Uh, we didn't get any drinks though. They have like a like you can get like a fire flower shot and like a Captain America drink and you know every everything is game oriented so it's a good college hangout spot now. So, that wasn't this week, but that, that was last week. But that's still something that I did. Couple things I want to ask about that. Uh, NFL Blitz really wasn't hardcore footballish. It was no. fun. It was kind of like more modern, although modern is stretching it. Tech Mobile. You know, I I loved Tecmo Bowl for the NES. Um, Bo Jackson was unbeatable that game. You just basically jogged the D-pad up and down, and he could outrun everybody. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It's uh, it's really hard to call, especially with what Madden's morphed into, uh, to NFL Blitz a, a a a true sports game. But it is fun, and it's the kind of fun you can have with your buddies. You should try track and field though, too, because it's it's really old. That that's like a classic cabinet. I oh, love. No, we played we played track and field uh, with like the rolly balls, and there's like the one where you had to roll and like do like the high jump and stuff. And 
I swear, we roll those things so fast that like, you start smelling burning skin like as you <laughs> were rolling it. Uh-huh. Especially when you're doing like the sprints or the hurdles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you're like rolling. You, you look, you, you look like an old school hip hop DJ. <laughs> yes, yes. They could probably hook up some like wiring to it and power the whole bar with, <laughs> with just those two rolly balls. <laughs> Human hamsters. You remember track and field, don't you, John? I w- I'm actually really impressed with that barcade that they that they put that in there because they they probably had to pay a few bucks for that. That's I I'd consider that a classic, a, a, a definitely oh, yeah. classic. I I can't say I played it very much, but I do remember it. Yeah, yeah, it it's of the same area as like Galaga and and uh, mm-hmm. the original Pac Man and the original Donkey Kong and and um, oh Centipede and Asteroids. Kind of that, and I think that's that should be an Atari cabinet, if I recall right. I think, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think track and fields. There used to be at our local bowling alley here when I was, I want to say, a little bit preteen, a little bit after I turned thirteen. So like, let's say eleven to fourteen, there was like centipede, asteroids, and track and field all side by side, <laughs> stand up cabinets at the, and since. I think I've talked about how horrible I am at bowling. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it last week. How horrible I am at real life, real life bowling. I would just usually go to the arcade <laughs> and play. Um, but that's anyway. That's that's really cool. I'm glad you guys had fun. I'm glad that exists. Hopefully they they are able to maintain business. Oh yeah, I man. On their Facebook page, they're doing stuff all the time. Like I think tonight they're doing a like karaoke cosplay night and stuff. So. It's definitely becoming a place for all the more gamer geek people to hang out, which I think is good because it really wasn't a place before this place opened up. Well, if they really wanted to, if they really wanted to corner the the college geek market, they'd like set aside like a little spot for tabletop gaming. Now I'm not just talking D and D nerds, um, you know, and and because the thing is, is tabletop gamers who are willing to go out in public to play like in that kind of atmosphere. Are the kind that bathe. <laughs> are the kind that that, that that aren't, you know. Lafayette actually has a really good comic book scene. And there's a pretty good comic book shop here. Where they have, like, they have people that play Warhammer and D&D and stuff inside. So. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah. I guess that's where people went before. But that was more of, like, the kind of the oddball crowd that went there. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but... <laughs> the the, non-ba- the non-bathing basement yeah. dwellers? Yeah. That you just, like, want to puncture a can of Axe or Old Spice or whatever your favorite deodorant spray or stick is in their general direction? Yeah, it's like they're, like, permanent, like, display pieces, like, in the comic book store. Like, and they're always the same people. They're always in the same spot. They should make deodorant in, like, flashbang form. Pull a pin, throw it in the door, <laughs> and then hold the door shut. Well, I I don't know if either of you have been to big comic book conventions, but the couple of three I've been to, okay, look, in my line of work and part and part by partial line of work, there are times where you may not bathe for a day or two. But if I'm going out in public, showering, shaving, all. <laughs> All that stuff's top priority. 
Anyway, well, but I'm glad I'm glad it's there, and I'm glad you guys had a good time. Although I do have to say that drunken D and D could be one of the funnest experiences because the, the 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 rules either start to make ultimate sense, or you so give a little, you, you so don't give a shit anymore that the dungeon master could tell you you've all turned into lava beasts and are just wandering around in lava, mooing like cows. Nobody cares because you're drunk. I'm pretty sure that the hardcore D&D community would not agree with that last statement, but fuck them. Anyway, what else did you got, Glaze? Uh, I mean, played some more uh, Love for Dead, really, and that's about it. But I'm getting pretty good at verses on there, playing as the zombies. We, we never really played a lot of verses when we all played on console, so it's fun to get into that now. Yeah, that's when I was rolling with the the, the 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 only time I played verses on the original was when I was roll, rolling with the uh, Destructoid Forum crew, and uh, I will never ever 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 claim to have been a good zombie player, but there were a lot of guys like the aforementioned multiple times Zeke the Plumber uh, that were really good, and you you couldn't help but learn <laughs> from them. Um, I, you know, it's funny as I saw you playing it, uh, and I thought, "Damn, I'm gonna look and see if I can find that." Yeah, you can buy <laughs> the game of De- game of the year edition for twenty bucks. Ooh, fuck that! I mean, I know my PC will run it, no problem, but I'm not paying twenty bucks for a game I paid sixty four four years ago. No, no. I mean, at the last sale was the Halloween sale, and I think they're putting together Leopard Dead and Leopard Dead Two for maybe ten bucks. If I can get the original at Christmas uh, for cheap and don't have to buy two, then I may pick it up. Just then, you and I can play, or if you, you know, your buddy wants to play, or whatever. Um, I'd, I'd be willing to get it on PC because there's some pretty cool mods for it now too that I wouldn't mind tinkering with. The only problem is there's not really a lot of people playing anymore. Everyone's moved over to two. Well, right, but I mean, you can still run the missions. You still yeah. run the missions and stuff, or the single player kind of stuff, which is fine. Um, okay, so that's it for you. I've only played three games this week. Still Minecraft, Feed the Beast. Although I have to admit, it's starting to run its course. Um, I need to slip in there tomorrow afternoon after work uh, to take care of some stuff. But I've kind of just there's so much I have. Well, no, I don't want to say there's so much I have left to do. There's so much left I could do. But just like Minecraft Vanilla, when you play it every day and 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 every day or every other day and whatever whatever your time allows, you you burn out quickly. It you know it you like it a lot, but but it tends to lead to burnout rather fast. I'm hoping it's cyclical. I'm hoping that maybe a couple weeks away from it or something to that effect, and, and I want to get back into it again because there are still some things I wouldn't mind playing around with. Um, but didn't do that much this week. Uh, the, uh, the second thing I did uh, that's nothing new to the listeners of this fine podcast is I actually reached a, a year having played Worm Online. Now, according to their counters, I have spent 90 what is it? 92 days in-game. And since stepping through the portal, because once you finish the tutorial area, you step through this portal to pick your preferred server with a new character, uh, it was 367 days, 
25 hours and 23 minutes since I had stepped through the portal. Now, that's not the first game I've played for a year. Um, Minecraft would be one. Uh, Ultima Online would be another. And Worm Online would be the third that I've literally played pretty much close to a daily basis for a year. Um, and, and while that seems nutty even to me, it's definitely been worth it. Now, recently, because of the Feed the Beast stuff and because of some jackasses that are running around on the server uh, I play on, Exodus, uh, I kind of had been getting tired of Worm Online. And I thought, well, maybe this is it. Maybe maybe it's on its course. Uh, you know, maybe it's time to either sell my deeds that I've got and just kind of pack away my player in case I want to come back someday. Uh, then I thought, you know, I think it's worth going to another server, starting over from scratch, kind of. Now, by kind of, I mean that my character has a lot more skills. My character has a lot higher quality tools, weapons, and armor. Uh, so it's not necessarily starting over from scratch, but you're starting over on a new server. Essentially, I was testing whether or not the crappy, rude neighbors we've acquired in Southern Exodus were why I was no longer really enjoying the game, or was it the fact that, it lo that much like Minecraft Feed the Beast, that Warm Online had just run its course. So I sailed south to the server that's known as Celebration, and I made myself a new deed. Now, interestingly, it's, it's fun. It's kind of taken a hold of me again. Not badly, but but taken, taken a hold of me again. And there's a lot of stuff noob stuff that I have forgotten. I got a horse killed today because wild mobs or monsters attack tamed horses. Um, and since you can't take horses across server borders for various reasons, most of which I agree with, you kind of have to find some new ones once you get to, <laughs> once you get to a new place. Uh, and then I completely had forgotten that you didn't really need to tame horses. So there was a lot of stuff like that that I had just forgotten in the course of a year of playing. And in the course of probably eight months of not having started anything new from scratch out in the wilds. Uh, and so I, I'm back into it again. The, the question now becomes, is this temporary? Once I get a new place set up, once I get some buildings up and things of that nature, will I get bored with it again? And unlike Minecraft, where you can just pick up and move and start over again anytime you like, whether it's a single-player map or, or a multiplayer server, it costs you some at least in-game coin to do this with Worm Online. So if I was going to kind of become this semi-nomadic player in Worm Online, I would have to start selling some of the places I already own, which is totally doable except for maybe one, one uh, village that I've got. But it's still an interesting dichotomy of, of, of playing Worm, how it's sort of realistic, and they're going to make some changes here soon that I think will really benefit the game. But that's enough about Worm Online. You won't be hearing about it again. I just wanted to kind of denote that I'd played it a year and that I've made, that I've made some changes. Uh, the last thing that I played this week was Kerbal Space Program, which I talked about briefly last week. Your goal, near as I could tell, and this game is an alpha, it's still being updated, it's still being worked on, because that's the trend with indies now. Um, get them Steam Greenlit, and then update them as you go. It works really well for some, it doesn't work so well for others. Um, but it's basically a spaceship building game. 
you either can just kind of orbit around the planet or you can shoot to go to the Mon. Not Moon, Mon. And it's fun. It's just, again, it's like Minecraft. It's fun. You, you build all these crazy rockets and try and see what you can get away with. And, and, and I have, you know, a, a thimble full of engineering experience and probably half a bucket full of design experience and, and some other real-world skill sets that this game appeals to extremely big time. Or, or, or a lot. Uh, and so I'm taking it seriously and attempting to get to the Mon, but, but that's like with maybe one rocket I'll build out of four to play session. The other three rockets are just how many fucking engines can I strap to this thing and how far will it get before total ca- catastrophic meltdown. And for that alone, it's totally worth the purchase price. Um... The only thing I don't necessarily like about it, because I tend to play more sandbox, easy sandbox games, or easier, less time-consuming sandbox games, with kids in mind now. Um, I, I seriously think it's a byproduct of listening to John talk about him and Peter playing, because the other night when I was playing it, I'm like, you know, designing all these structures and, and, and working with all these different things, and I'm going... You know, this would be kind of fun for a kid, but I think he needs to be an older kid. Because some of the stuff isn't really self-explanatory. There's no math involved. There's no, you know, you don't need to know shit about physics. Uh, (laughs) Because it doesn't matter either the rocket goes up or it doesn't. Um, Knowing something about physics actually might be helpful, but I don't care. So... But it's been it's been interesting for for those two reasons. One, it's fun to build and see what you can get launched in space. And two, it's kind of made me realize that I'm paying attention to games in a different way these days. Um, so that's either you can either take that as a compliment, John, or as an insult. I don't whichever you prefer. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. oh, nothing, nothing, man. Keep going. No, I'm done. I'm done. That's all I've been playing. I, I that was how I was wrapping it up. I mean, because I did. I thought, would a kid have fun with this? Not so much mm-hmm. Peter specific, but it's just I've noticed that on a couple easier, not easier, but like like lighter games that I played, I'm like, would a kid have fun with this? Mm. Yeah, I mean, for for Peter's, for, for what he likes, he he likes things that he can predict a little bit. Like he likes he likes the adventure and exploration, but he likes to do it. Then he wants to do it again. And again and again and again, you know. Yeah, but that I mean, but but repetition is is the key, is the core of learning. Sure, it is. Yeah. And so and so the fact that he wants to do it again and again and again makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. We understand video games at a different in a different way than he does. So once we've seen it once, we might go back later and play it again, you know, mm-hmm. months or whatever. But but for the most part, once we've seen that level once, we're ready to move on to the next level. Mm-hmm. So, I, I guess for 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 us, it, it becomes more a, a bit of nostalgia kind of thing to reconnect, you know, reconnect with that feel, you know, that memory or whatever, you know, down the road. But for him, like, he wants to re-experience that feeling now, and and that and that and what, what he's learned, you know, he wants he just wants to have that immediacy. 
Yeah, and I mean, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that. There at of times, I want that too. Um, again, bringing up the uh, WonderPod Classic, part of the part of the reason, uh, you know, I went back through Dragon Age was because it's like, well, maybe I missed something. <laughs> maybe yeah. I did. I didn't. It's like uh, when I went. It's like when I went back and watched Batman and Robin a couple of times, just trying to find the shred of worthwhile thing, worthwhile uh, entertainment in that movie. But I, I, I didn't find any. I think in that we all do that because when you once you when you when your expectations aren't met, you have two choices: turn into a ball of irrational rage, or try to understand what went wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> or why it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I in in the case of Dragon Age, for me, it, it wasn't for me, and and I'm convinced it wasn't very good. <laughs> but I, so I understand what you mean. Got it. Before we move on to something else, got any uh, disappointments, Glace, that you went back through? Have we ever talked to you about that? Disappointments? Yes. <laughs> No, I'm not really good at forcing myself to play things I don't like. I tend to put things down pretty fast if I get frustrated. Hmm. No, no, maybe nuts and bolts. I could see we were that. talking about Banjo Kazooie earlier because I really wanted to like it, but I just I just didn't like it, and so I just, I just kept playing it. I was just like, uh, and then I finally stopped. I was like, no, I can't do this. Yeah, that was also me with 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 Dragon Age to a certain extent. It's like I wanted to like it. I really like Bioware. <laughs> I need to go finish Jade Empire. Speaking of that, okay, so that's what we've been playing. Plus other stuff, obviously. Da 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 da. Uh, tomorrow, the Xbox One's launching. Again, like last week, we don't know where it's going to land. Probably next to the PS4 in a field somewhere. Now that both consoles are technically out the door and the fanboy wars can begin in and I can go to thanking God we only have a few more weeks of shows before I can ignore the fucking mess for a couple weeks, um, we thought we'd spend tonight discussing uh, our favorites or in various other things of last generation. Um, And and it's going to be kind of a loose format. No real, you know, no real flow to it probably so it'll either be really good or it'll be really terrible um i guess we'll start with and john we'll start with you what's one device piece of tech or 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 system or or app or software or hardware you, you know one thing new thing that came along this generation that really impressed you or or you didn't expect um and, and we're surprised you like something along those lines. The Wii U doesn't count. Just, just well, so we're throwing well, well, that. Well, I, I think we should count that as, as even though you might not call it uh, next gen, like you would PS4, P- Xbox One, graphics wise and stuff. It's it's still part of this generation. I I, I wouldn't count that in in the in the previous gen. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, the Wii U does not count. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I, oh, okay, okay. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Um, yeah. Well, uh, well, I will say. Hold on. I mean, the I, the other word I was thinking of is feature. You know, like game mechanics, something something like that. 
That's mm-hmm. what all those other stumbling words I was using. I'm sorry. Yeah. Continue. I, I kind of been thinking about you know of all the. I mean, I own the three consoles the, of the last gen: the the Wii, Xbox 360, and PS3. And I'm just been mulling all over my head what what was the thing that brought me back to the to the console over and over and and um, and, and and brought friends together. You know, like that created that buzz uh, about about games, and it was two things, um, if I may. One was the Wii, because the Wii was my first step into into last gen, into the last gen. Because um, I, you know, a Nintendo fanboy at heart, swore by it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then with, with the Wii and, and Wii Sports, in particular, just it was just amazing. How much that brought gaming back into the conversation with with friends of mine um, on a very on a very simple on the simple level that it was you know people were coming over to our, I, I I bought a Wii uh, on launch day and because um, I I really enjoyed my GameCube and so you know people were coming over to our house to play Wii Sports all the time it was quite something didn't matter what was going on. There was a knock on my apartment door, saying, you know, people wanting to come in and, and play a few rounds of, of golf or tennis. It didn't matter. That that was that was the bee's knees, and I I really haven't seen something like that since. Now my my, my where I am in my life is of course different um, than I, over the course of this. I guess it's the seven years of that of of, the, of that generation. But but Wii Sports was definitely a big deal. The second one, um, for longevity's sake, I'll, I'll put it, has been uh, the Rock Band series. is some is a game that, for me personally, I have uh, is a well that I've gone back to over and over and over and over, and have bought so many songs to expand the experience, and had pure Rock Band parties um, many, many, many times here in my house, and and. and uh, I mean, beyond beyond Guitar Hero, I mean, which was which what started it, of course, and and perhaps that was uh, on the previous gen, I guess. So maybe this, maybe that's not a very good answer because it did start out on PS2, but but like Rock Band 2 was what really took off. Rock Band 1 was fun and all, but two, Rock Band 2 and then Rock Band 3, those games, um, re, you know, I, I, I just I, I play it today, and I, and, I, and as much as the rhythm genre has kind of Maybe you know, you know, lost itself now, and, and and maybe we'll see it come back someday. But and but now is definitely in a in a, in a slump. Um, the rap band series was just phenomenal for me as part of the uh, if, for the for the previous gen. Glaze, how about you? Um, for me, it's three things, and John already said two of them. Um. The first being Sorry, Wii, <laughs> yes, the first being uh, Wii Sports. Just right off the bat, when I first got the system, um, I mean, I like John. I was a big Nintendo fanboy as well, and I only posted on Infendo back when that was a big thing. <laughs> and I remember that's probably where we first talked was uh, on Infendo talking about getting the Wii. Everyone was so excited, and yeah, I you think know, so. It's going to be like the biggest deal ever. And it, it came out. I remember I waited in line all night for it. It's the first time I ever waited for anything, really. And I think I played Wii Sports probably for like the 
for like 20 hours straight after that. And the coolest thing about that experience was that not only did I play it, but the rest of my family played it as well. I mean, my brothers played it, and even my mom played it. My mom hates video games. And she's like, oh, I want to do, I want to play tennis. And then I was like, okay. And then, so it was definitely a family experience, which is very different for me because my parents didn't really like video games at all. And so it was nice to see everyone playing together for once. And uh, like, like you, John, there's people like, coming over to the house all the time to play. All my friends came over because I was one of the first ones to get it. And uh, it, it's a shame that I never, really, never, I never really got that same experience out of the Wii as I did that first week I did with Wii Sports. I mean, Wii Sports is still fun, but it sort of lost its initial appeal after you did it so many times. But I mean, that, that first week was definitely very abnormal in my gaming experiences. The second one, like you said, John, is, is Rock Band as well. And Rock Band is probably the game I probably have the most hours in collectively among any game, honestly. Um, I've played it so many times with friends. When I had friends over at my house, uh, friends that didn't like video games at all, they'd come over, we'd probably eat some food, and then we'd play Rock Band for like five hours in the back room. And I mean, there's such a wide variety of genres that everyone was, was, was happy, you know, at one point or another what they were playing. You know, people would you know, switch instruments and whatnot, and, you know, it was just a, the perfect party game. It's karaoke plus, you know, interactivity. You can lose, you know, so there's something to win. Um, that was always a lot of fun to play. I mean, I, I played it all through high school. I got the original rock band, I guess. When did that come out? I must have been going into 10th grade when I got rock band. And played all throughout high school. Every party that was at my house, we played Rock Band from then on. And even in college, my roommate got Rock Band 2 and 3, and we played that. And we had fun waiting in line for Rock Band 3 and then played that for the whole night. And there's all kinds of stories revolving just that game, all the experiences that go with it. Um, and the third, which is change it up here, the third is going to be Halo 3. Um, Halo 3 was my first game that wasn't a Nintendo game. Uh, before then, I was very diehard Nintendo purist. Like, if I played anything that wasn't on a Nintendo system, I would have to, like, cleanse myself of all sin or something. I'm not like that anymore, obviously, but at one point I was. And I remember we had the Wii. I mean, it was, it was starting to get to that point. It was about two or three years into the Wii being out, and I just it just didn't really have that same appeal that it had initially and I think I went to the mall and uh, they had this old game store there where you could play old games I don't know why they had this place but uh, my brother and I we played Halo 1 multiplayer um, probably for like two hours while we were at the mall and I had never played Halo before and I was like this is amazing and I'm shooting people and stuff's blowing up and I can run over people and it was a very like non-Nintendo experience but at the same time it was very Nintendo at the same time. And the same sort of party vibe that most Nintendo games have, but it felt a lot more, I guess, intense. And so because I liked playing that so much, we ended up getting the 360 and Halo 3 uh, a little bit after that came out. Uh, I think I picked it up in probably 2000, around the same time as Rock Band. I think we, when we got Rock Band, we got it with a console and with Halo 3. And I don't know, just the fact that I was playing a system where the online worked... <laughs> Uh, going from, you know, Nintendo's online to Xbox online was a huge jump, you know, and I was playing with all these people, and I was playing with my friends, you know, from school online, and, you know, Halo 3 Rocket Race, and uh, Halo 3 definitely had the, I think, the best of all the multiplayers, just in terms of, like, different things to do, and I was I was never bored playing Halo 3, 
So after Rock Band, Halo 3 is probably my game with the most hours on it, maybe besides Pokemon. But, I mean, those, those three games, I think, definitely probably shaped what, what my opinion, opinions are of the last generation. If I had to give an honorable mention, I'd probably give it to the original Assassin's Creed for 360 PS3. Because that was my that was my first big open world, not not Nintendo game as well. So I don't know. I guess th this generation was really a, a deviation of me from Nintendo to everything else. So you call it my experimental phase. <laughs> you want to get cheesy with it? Um, for me, there's three things as well, and the first one is the most I think it's had the most dramatic effect on gaming period uh, of this generation and that's what I like to call the Wii effect you see for me I came back into internet land into you know a daily internet life in 2007 after the Wii had been out for a while and I could see conceptually what Nintendo was trying to do and the goals that they were achieving um, I've mentioned this on many podcasts that, that that I wrote a piece on the Destructoid community blogs. One of the first things I did when I got back, um, basically defending the Wii and saying why it it was a necessary console and why it was a good console. Because I honestly don't think you would have a PS4 controller with motion control in it. I don't think you would, or, or in a touch, excuse me, touch screen. I don't think you would have Connect or Connect 2.0. I don't think you'd have a lot of the things that, whether we love it or hate it, exist today. Because Nintendo understood that they could keep to their traditional market of kids or consumers of kids and draw in casual folks. The only mistake I made was I didn't think I had much use for a Wii, so I did not get one until probably midway to three-quarters of the way through its generation. And as these two guys have just described, that was a mistake because the same phenomenon happened here at my house. People coming over, my sister playing it, playing it during family holidays, uh, you know, just Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort. Uh, my mother playing it, although my mother is a little more predisposed to video games she played them some of them when <laughs> when we were kids on on our commodore when i was kid you know when i was a kid on the commodore 64 and then the amiga and things like that um so that would be the first one because I, I i think the wii and its success kind of dictated what came next from everybody um and then next for me would be the rise of digital digital has had uh, digital distribution has had a huge effect on how companies look at at, at uh, you know their distribution platform it's had an effect on retail uh, and, and I see that only growing stronger as we go forward um, I was slightly leery of, of digital distribu distribution when we first started the show if you go back and listen to I don't know, it's buried somewhere in the first 50 shows we did. Uh, we talked about it, and I think Guns Age was pretty much diehard physical, you know, physical 
product uh, and 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 uh, Pat and I were kind of on the fence, but I, I'm as we've discussed in the last few shows, getting more and more into uh, the concept of being able to sit in my undershorts at home and buy things online and never have to go out um, when it comes to gaming. And then I think I have forgotten my third one. Oh, no, I haven't. The rise of mobile and its impact on traditional gaming systems. Now, that's not just consoles. That's also PC. Um, I think those, you know, obviously I don't need to recap what mobile has done. It's obviously forced Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft to rethink their position and, and, and how they want to, you know, handle mobile. I don't think they're done uh, changing or growing or adapting to the fact that the mobile market is now, you know, going to be a constant as we go forward. Um, but those those three for me, I think, are are uh, are, are probably the three biggest of this generation. Um, either you got any comments on something I said or something that uh, the other one said. There or are we good? Uh, I, I think the, the rise the rise of mobile has affected yeah uh, mobile. And, I mean, mobile and digital kind of go hand in hand, and that you know mobile games are distributed the same way. Like it's the you know it's it's I, I, it's funny you mentioned it because I I have I've I found myself having to re-download a bunch of stuff onto my Xbox because um, I didn't have the when I, when I did my, when I got my new Xbox a year ago. Uh, long story short, uh, I didn't have I didn't do the full transfer process. So if it's an offline, my games are are showing up as trial. So I'm just having to re-download everything. So I'm going through my list of things that I have acquired digitally uh, through Xbox Live, and it's it's kind of crazy how substantial that list is. And 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 that, of course it includes like demos and demos and and videos. But I mean, but that's part of it too, right? I mean that's part of the being able to distribute. Uh, not only the games, but only, but also all the advertising, those videos, those trials that allow you to play those things, things that you know you can get online on your, on your computer um, and on PC, I guess. But but stuff like being able for that Xbox, you know, requires you to have a demo for every game, so you can try out every game. Like that's that's kind of high concept stuff at the time. Uh, to me, it was. It certainly seemed like this cool idea. And and then Nintendo kind of going you know for a while there was going the opposite way they didn't they didn't want you to play a game for free even though it was only a a brief snippet um, and even today they 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 restrict how many uses of that demo you can get uh, which is kind of silly but anyway but yeah the, the digital distribution and 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 how I mean how big it became in the previous gen and how it's going to be very important in the next gen super important. Um, critical, even it, it, yeah, it, it is quite something, and a, and a shift, and a fundamental shift in in how how people get their games and and knowledge about games. Glaze. Whoops, mute. Of course, no, I, I think I'm good. I mean, I could t- I could explain more Assassin's Creed, but I don't know. For me, it was definitely more so console oriented stuff. I, I, I'll give you my story. You talked about Halo being the first non-Nintendo game that you played. Um, for me, 
it was the play. It was the, when I popped the first Gears of War into the Xbox. Because I, as, as I said, a Nintendo diehard, and it was it was the Wii's uh, shortage of games. Uh, you know, not that long into its into its lifetime that I decided I wanted to get uh, something else, and that's when I got the I got the Xbox first. And um, yeah, Gears of War was probably the first really non Nintendo game that I had ever bought. Like I mean, I I, I got my Xbox right around when uh, when Braid was was hit, just hitting uh it was on that period and yeah so i got gears of war one and played through that and that was unlike any other game that i had ever played uh on a nintendo console of course nintendo they did have some mature titles but it wasn't like this um especially with the graphics as well you know just sharp as hell and uh yeah it was just a you know one of those it was like a big budget sci-fi movie that you, i just played through and you know, it, it kind of opened my eyes to what else is out there in terms of games and, and what you can do with it, um, just from a technical standpoint, as well as you know, a little a little more mature uh, than than good old Mario, which is still near and dear to my heart. But but you know, the the world the world of gaming opened to me, and and that that is when the pile of shame started. Probably uh, when I started trying out other games on other machines and. You know, I'd say it, pro- it probably started with Gears. Well, this generation was important for me because it's the first one I've actually actively bought consoles or actively acquired consoles because I was given a PS2 for free, which was last generation, two generations ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because uh, the the game I bought with it was Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, but just making that transition from playing shooters and RPGs on PC to playing them on console was something I'm glad I did. I was hesitant when I bought the device, but as I played it more and more, I became more comfortable with it. Now, obviously, you have the 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 bonus effects of the fact that, that this show probably wouldn't be happening if I hadn't bought a Xbox 360 because I wanted to play with with people on the the forum board I was on at the time. You know, so I mean there's 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 a lot of kind of side of side impact or 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 bonus things that have come from this generation, but uh I I definitely do not regret getting an Xbox 360 even with some of the issues it had uh and and I will probably eventually dip my toe into the next generation. It's just determining when um, will will be the uh, will will of course be the be the big thing. Um, okay, let's move on to some not our favorite games, but just some big titles. Were they groundbreaking? Were they not? Um, let's let's start with Gears of War one, one I did not play, but but. Uh, was a, was a big title early early in a generation. Was that a groundbreaking title or was it not, uh, John? Um, for for my eyes, it was. Uh, I thought it was something completely fresh and new that I had never never experienced before. You know, the idea of the shooter uh, is not was not new at the time, of course. You know, but but uh, you know the ducking behind cover. I I, th- I thought it was some some very very cool and new ideas to me. Uh, 
and it made me want it made me it certainly made me want more. Uh, I mean the the success of Gears it probably spawned a lot of those you know third person you know uh, waist waist high cover shooters <laughs> that would that would come after it uh, beyond just uh, you know its own sequels. So yeah, I I, I you know I, I think it sparked a lot. Uh, and if it, one thing you might remember too is that advertising campaign for that game was was uh, a big part of it, of how you know what gave it a bit of its cool factor as well. Uh, so yeah, I would say it was it was uh, some groundbreaking stuff going on there. Glaze. Um, the main thing that really got to me about Gears of War, thing I took away from most of it, was definitely the co-op aspects to it. Um, was mm-hmm. it four player online? I, I think it was two. It, it was, was two? it was definitely two. Yeah, you and you and Dom. Okay, because yeah, I remember going to a friend's house. This where I had an Xbox and playing through the whole co-op story mode together, and I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, in terms of it being groundbreaking, I don't know. It didn't really feel that amazing to me. I mean, of course, I'm biased. I didn't own really own any Gears of War, and I played Halo more. But I don't, the co-op was a lot of fun, from what I remember. I just I don't know if it was that groundbreaking achievement, you know. Of course, I'm, I think I'm pretty biased in saying that. I'm not going to call it groundbreaking in the ways that some of the other games that I'm pulling out of my ass that we're going to talk about here in a minute. I will say that it took the standard Twitch action shooter and buried it with a tactical, the tactical shooter of Rainbow Six. See, the problem with the whole Gears introduced cover, well, it might have inter-fucking-duced it to consoles, but it's not where it came from. <laughs> there was a crappy PS2 game that did it first that I can't remember the name of now that, that we talked about. Many, 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 many shows ago, but the but the big franchise that really brought uh, cover in aspects into gaming was Rainbow Six. So while while Gears married those two ideas of more of a Twitch COD Halo shooter uh, with the cover features of a of attack shooter, I I, I think the reason that the, the Gears gets the groundbreaking love it does is because that was probably one of the best polished and and, and best well-rounded uh, cover shooters on a console at that time. You know, the PC crowd was well aware of what you were capable of in, in you know, tactical cover shooters. And, and t- to be honest, I actually really love Rainbow Six. Uh, so maybe I'm a slight bit biased because it doesn't necessarily get the credit it deserves. And and Gears of War... it. It, it just never felt that special to me. I didn't play one, but I played two. And I played it quite a bit. And by the time I was done with it, and done with the multiplayer, which is kind of where Pat and I really got into playing multiplayer along with his friend iPinch, uh, I just really was done with the franchise and never picked up another one. Is, Gear, is Gears 2 the beginning of... Uh... Horde mode, like everything you know, games getting that mode put into them. Was it Gears Two that that started that that that? Uh, what the hell was or... it? Yeah, what the hell was it? Uh, Halo was reached that just that started Firefight, right, Glaze? 
Uh, yeah, I think it's been around a while though. I no, mean, no, I know, but but I'm I'm trying to get my timeline. Yeah, it would have to be Gears Two, that that started the whole waves of enemies horde mode. Still one of my favorite modes. Love it in Gears Two. Yeah. Loved it in um, the other one. With the dino dick and all that. What the fuck was Bulletstorm. that? Thank you. Oh, Bulletstorm. Even Bullet though I played Storm. it. Yeah, Bulletstorm. Even though I play, only played it a half dozen times. Um, it was alright. It was okay in 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 uh, what kind of adaptations were in COD and, and others. But, but really, really, Halo, Halo Reach's Firefight and Gears of War. 2's horde mode were probably the two best, but yeah, I'd have to give Gears 2 credit for that. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily groundbreaking. It's you know, it's more of an add-on to to keep you playing, which fair enough. Um, the next one and the one that actually brought me into the call into the console generation, or that's the game I came in on, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the original Modern Warfare. Uh, Glaze. Uh, I don't like that game at all, but I think it does deserve the title, the first one for sure. I mean that that single player campaign is amazing for what it was. I mean, and while online was was working, you know, there was a bazillion people on there, and everyone loved it, and you know, all this you know ranking up to unlock new weapons and all that stuff. I mean, that thought that was pretty new and got people interested. So I, I think it does the first one for sure. John, we're only talking about the first one. Anything that came after that with the title Modern Warfare, it's just a sequel, so it really can't be groundbreaking again. John. Well, I mean, the first Modern Warfare, as popular as Call of Duty was before it, Modern Warfare really turned it up uh, all the way. And, you know, I play, that's the only Modern Warfare that I've played because I heard so much about it. And, and yeah, the single player. You know, I talk about big budget movies. That that's another one <laughs> that you know, in a game form. Um, I, I, you know, the it's it's the only it's it was I think at the time it might have been the first game that I that I uh, got all the achievements for as well. So it it's it, it you know it's just something about the quality of the game. Um, but it's yeah, I mean, so many it, it, so many so many war. Shooters have come after, and, you know, and 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 the continued success of that franchise. I mean, it all started there. It's, uh, yeah, I, I would say. I mean, the the impact of it it can't be can't be denied. That's for sure. That is, that game is probably the definition of groundbreaking. And and for those of you that think I've all of a sudden decided to hate COD, uh, here's where you're going to be proved wrong. So listen carefully. I've never played a better crafted or put together single player shooter experience than the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, everything that happened to you in that game was just really well done, tugged at the right emotions. It's why after Modern Warfare 2, I knew I was done. Playing through Modern Warfare 2, it's like you cannot. They were trying... To, to recapture the magic and you can't and that's kind of where the whole joke as far as podcast history goes that's where the whole joke of sausage goes came from and all that stuff because it's like how many times you know how many times you get to bring back this one dude from the dead but 
there had to be a, a starting point, and that was definitely it. It's kind of like, and and that's where Call of Duty became this cultural thing. That and that's what truthfully EA doesn't get. Battlefield's never going to be there. It's multiplayer and it's 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 single player. We're always kind of niche, and unfortunately, I wish they'd stayed that way. Um, and, and it's it's kind of like how Halo Three essentially you know launched Halo into into this cultural icon that most likely you could probably shit out another five or six COD games and shit out another five or six Halos before the before the bottom will just finally fall out. Um, and again, what EA and, and Dice doesn't get is that only happens once a generation. You know, there's there's we we've been lucky, truthfully, in this generation that that we've had two in two different genres, um, COD being the other one or being one, and the other one, and it's obvious I'm I'm calling it groundbreaking, but I'll get into it a little more here in a minute. Mass Effect. Uh, John, what thoughts on Mass Effect? Yeah, I, I for for me, I would also, I would call it uh, just on the on the basis of uh, deep storytelling. For me, for me, I mean. I, 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 I can't. I don't know how much I can talk about, you know, how it compares to other other games. But for me, it, it combined all the elements of a of a space opera that I wanted. You know, the the stories, the characters, the the, the choices. It was a, it's a it was a new thing for me um, in playing that kind of a game. Like I don't play very many RPGs, but Mass Effect is the kind of RPG that I could get into. You know, it's the it's it's. It's the Western RPG, you know, te- uh, template in a way, I guess, in, in some regards. So, yeah, I would, I would, I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite trilogies of all time, despite the, 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 the raving about the, the ending. You know, it's, it's one, it's one of my favorite series for sure. Glaze. See, in my opinion, I think this should be given to Fallout Three, more so than. Mass Effect, and I can't tell you exactly why. I was gonna say why because I've played both, and I've played their sequels, and I and I've actually played the original Fallout's, which most gamers that probably took part in this generation never have, and I'm mm-hmm. not seeing that. And, Maybe and I, go ahead. I understand Mass Effect for the reason that you know, your your saves and everything carry over and all that, but I think Fallout Three did a better job with crafting a story and an environment along to go along with it in a unique way more so than mass effect space opera sort of here's the problem i'm not talking about four at all i'm just talking about three well that's the problem yeah it it, it, there was two before it and one after it that was nothing more than a damn expansion pack this the, you want to know what what you idiots that thought Left 4 Dead 2 is an expansion pack? You want to know what an expansion pack looks like that gets turned into a video game? Go play fucking Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> I can't explain it any better than that. I love the Fallout series. I played all four of them, and I played System Shock. The System Shocks. I mean, I played everything that 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 has any lineage ties to Fallout, or 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 was because or happened or you know the games that came before it that kind of led to fallout i can't i cannot personally 
give it to Fallout 3. Uh, because as much as at the time I know I kind of defended its shortness, it didn't have that epic feel, which uh, ending of Mass Effect 3 or not, all three of them had that epic feel of just a con- continuous struggle to an end point. Whereas Fallout, because it was more open world, you you were given so much choice that you could choose when you finished the story. The story could become diluted simply by going running all over the place. Don't get me wrong, Fallout 3 is definitely one of the best, probably one of the best games of this generation. Um, but so so your vote basically is Fallout over Mass Effect. And of course, I might be biased as well because I haven't played Mass Effect. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I, actually, I did play Mass Effect. I played for, I have it with me. I played for about 25 minutes and put it down because I didn't understand the menu system. Yeah. Dead silence, yes. <laughs> um, the, the first Mass Effect? Yes. Yeah. The first Mass Effect has its flaws, but. Uh, but fucking god awful buggy. Yeah, but two. I mean, two is one of the best games of the generation for sure. Here's here here's the other problem. If if you're looking at it as a whole series, Glaze, everything Bioware had done up to that point. Thank fucking God, Dragon Age hadn't come out before Mass Effect. Uh, you I could feel that having as one of the few people, at least in our circle, that's played everything, pretty much everything Bioware has done. Or been a part of, or published, or whatever, from all the Baldur's Gates that weren't console ports, redos, uh, you know, to Planescape Torment, to all of the, you know, never to Neverwinter Nights that they had some to do with, although that was more Black Isle, to uh, Icewind Dale. Mass Effect was a culmination of 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 Bioware storytelling, and it and it was so well crafted that you couldn't help but realize that that a lot of what they had learned from prior RPGs had been put into it and done in a space opera setting, which I totally agree with you. A space opera setting is not easy to, to put a game into. I mean, the first two halos got made fun of for their (laughs) less than stellar story. Um, Obviously with three that kind of picked up and then it reached you all right, oh, dude? <laughs> I was going to say, what the hell are you doing? Are you... Oh, I'm not Yeah. I'm, huh? I'm muted. Snort, snorting cocaine again, <laughs> huh? Sorry, I just ruined your uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, no. speech there. You didn't ruin it. Uh, it's fine. We just now know that Glacenator is a cokehead. Um, you heard it first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he'll start talking really fast here in a minute. So I, I kind of think that's why I, I'm but what I'm trying to say ultimately is I'm biased too because I played too many of the predecessors of both the Fallout series and Mass Effect and truthfully John that's part of the reason why it really hurt that Dragon Age was just not that good to me mm-hmm. and, and it's why I have said consistently from show to show to show to show that <laughs> Dragon Age felt like they took all the leftovers from the day Bioware started and just crap them out. <laughs> and I didn't get into the mass. I didn't get on the Mass Effect bus right away either. Uh, I picked that up used solely because of how many people were pissed off at the buggy, which did drive like ass. 
Mm-hmm. I think the only vehicles in this generation that were that drove worse were in Dead Island. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you... well, I found the trick for that. The trick to that that buggy was once you figure once I figured out that you could actually zoom when you were shooting, you could just pick things off from a distance. Right. And you didn't have to, and you didn't have to get shot at too much. You could just stay behind, basically stay behind cover in a in a vehicle. <laughs> well, it's the it's the third person, the first person thing, which uh, I've actually run into several other games where switching to first person, more MMO-ish, but I guess I guess Mass Effect to a certain extent is close. Um, okay, Glaze, so so what's what's one title you'd like, and then we'll move on to our favorite games of the generation, what's one title you'd like to submit for us to discuss uh, that you think it was groundbreaking this generation? Oh, well, my, it's also my favorite I think as well. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. All right. And I'm gonna go with uh, obviously uh, Red Dead Redemption. Ooh, groundbreaking. Um, shit. I. Yes. Did I just ruin everything? <laughs> no, no, no. I I'm gonna say it. It can be groundbreaking. If other studios start to understand that you can have guns and action in a game that's not modern or space opera, I I think it's groundbreaking simply for the fact that Rockstar took a genre or took an era that's criminally underused uh, outside of the crappy Call of Juarez games. I think there was one good one there, and then you got that XBLA one that's okay. Um, so yeah, it's groundbreaking in, in, to my mind in the in, in the uh, in the thought that that it, it used a, an era and genre, if you want to call cowboys and stuff a genre uh, that that not too many people had used. You know, the 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 Grand Theft Auto with horses sticks to it a little bit still in my mind, but not. Nowhere near as much as the people who wanted to slag it off said. Uh, John, your thoughts on that one? Uh, I think I mean, like Red Dead is the game that made me a believer in open world games. I was never in, I, 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 have, I have never enjoyed a Grand Theft Auto game. Just you know, I mean, it's fun to, to dick around and and do stuff, but but to just run around and be a jerk all the time never appealed to me. But Red Dead brought in a really compelling story. I mean, whether it was a Western or not, uh, it brought in a really compelling story, and and you know the whole the whole world seemed very you know like like a, like a re- like a real world and not just a place to to go and run over hookers. It, it, it's it really drew me in, and um, and and you know I I have to give credit to Rockstar for that for making you know. A mature uh, open world game, rather than just something to dick around, something to dick around in with a with a story wrapped around it, which is what I always felt that the Grand Theft Autos were, were kind of like. And I, granted, I never played four, but because of, of Red Dead and, and and how well it you know it controls and and um, and, and and you know this seems like a, like a like a better made game. Actually, is why I'm I'm I'm, I'm more interested in GTA 5 than I have ever been in a GTA game before. Now, whether that whether that makes it classified as groundbreaking, I don't know, but 
but boy, it's, it, you know, it's, that, that would definitely be in my list of best games of the generation. They, they handled the way they gave you missions or quests probably the best I've ever seen for somebody who's not an RPG head to play it. I think that really helped. And on the last time I played through it, I noticed that more and more. You know, because one of the knocks on MMOs outside of the ridiculous, you got to spend 14 hours a day to get anything out of it stuff is it can, a lot of MMOs can throw a lot at you. Uh, and, and, and it can become overwhelming, you know, given, given unlimited choices, you ultimately make no choice because it's just too overwhelming. Red Dead did a good job of not doing that. You know, Red Dead doesn't go so far as like some of the sandbox games like I've talked about recently that that, you know, ask you, what do you want to do today? You know, not tell you what to do, but. They, they assigned you tasks in such a way that they were not overwhelming. They didn't feel like a grind. Um, and so you, you felt more free to choose. And as somebody who loves history, especially Western history, I will say again here, probably because it'll be one of the last times we talk about Red Dead, they did an amazing job on making that feel like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um they did excellent with it. How about you, John? What's one you would like to bring before the crew for groundbreaking this generation? Uh, not, not to go back to the, to the, to the game that we always t- seem to talk about, uh, but Bioshock is definitely a game that was, you know, not so much that the, that the, 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 the shooting and stuff was groundbreaking or that, you know, a first-person shooter is not a new thing, but the way that, again, immersing you in a you know t- taking a game like a first person shooter which is which can be as simple as was blowing people away and sucking me in into this world underneath the water and i i, I this is the 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 atmosphere the the the, the game design the 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 art design all all that stuff the sound like I hadn't played such a game like that, and 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 having the story told, you know, having you experience it indirectly, and yet you feel connected to it as well. Um, like you know the, the 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 recordings that you find and stuff. Just you know, I found a very riveting uh, Bioshock, and, and and you know, and you can see some of those little some of those tropes that that, that kind of carry on to other games, like like the the Batman games, which were so awesome. You know whether they want to admit it or not, borrow heavily from Bioshock, uh, especially that first one, and you know it's it, it's a it's because of the and the series as a whole is really good. I mean, you know, two two is is definitely one of the more uh, underrated games uh, of the generation, uh, the single player, and but it, you know the, the the impact of it I, I think is is can't, you know can't be understated. Place your thoughts on Bioshock? Oh yeah, I mean, Bioshock is another game that I, I put down, not even halfway through. Gosh, there's like a theme this episode of me quitting early. Gosh, um, but yeah, I mean, I watched my brother play through the whole thing, and it's definitely a game that relies heavily on story to make sure you 
or stay interested. And I think it did a good job with that. I mean, the main reason I put it down was because I couldn't, I was frustrated with how the controls worked. But in terms of what the game was as a story and everything, I thought it definitely succeeded. I mean, all of my friends are very big you know, libertarian and Rand fans, and they quote that game all the time. So I don't know. It, it's definitely a, a, a good example as, as video games as a social as a social political piece, which I think is, is good because I mean that provides good discussion and makes games go in a direction which I think is interesting. It's interesting because uh, if you play three or infinite, which we will not talk about in length, um, and then you go back and think about the original Bioshock, they definitely put the Iron Fist in a, in a velvet glove and then in a thick rubber glove when it came to the political commentary. And I thought it was done... I thought it was done amazingly across the whole series, but because it didn't take away from the actual fun of the game or the actual enjoyment of the experience, but it did show how to do political commentary right when it's done so wrong so often in every segment of human life. (laughs) But... It was also a kind of a monumentous moment for me because it was the last physical product, full-blown, single-player-only game I bought for PC in 2007. Um, I was just blown away by Bioshock. Um, the story was amazing. I liked the ending, which apparently now there's some snivelers coming out saying the ending was ridiculous. Apparently they were back then, but I was just ignoring them. Uh, but to, 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 to take on kind of the Ayn Rand worldview and, and show you what really in reality is probably going to happen (laughs) if you try to start your own utopia, um, was, was fascinating to me. Again, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's kind of interlaced with political commentary but it never feels bludgeoning or like it's being crammed down your throat you're kind of left to this you're yeah easy for me to say let me try it in swahili you're kind of left to decide for yourself what ultimately happened here and what ultimately led to this demise um and that theme carries on uh, if I had to knock it for one, although I agree with John to a certain extent that the two is is underrated, I think moving it uh, setting wise for the second one and then obviously for Infinite probably would have been a smarter move. But still, two didn't suffer that much from being back in Rapture. Um, and I can't say anymore because I'll spoil infinite that's the problem is 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 is, is there's more we could say about that but but you can't do it without (laughs) spoiling infinite i but before bioshock i would probably would have have made the generalization that first person shooters are are just mindless uh shoot fests this this here's your excuse to go and, and and shoot a place up you whether you're a spy or whether you're you know i mean it's fun but I, I, but like, it didn't, it didn't, and it, to me, they never really, you know, made me think. And to wrap 
so such a deep uh, storyline and and detail and and big ideas around around a shooter to me was was a, a novel concept as well. Like it wasn't an RPG. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, no, it had quite a few RPG elements in it, though. Oh, oh sorry, well, yeah. it wasn't a straight up shooter. No, uh, and by RPG, I mean having a lot of story, you know, a lot of a lot of background and stuff. Like you, like you, you got into a, a very mm. complicated story and, and and like I said, big ideas without there being, you know, all all, all within this context of you running around and just murdering everybody you see. <laughs> it's. It's it was a it was a high, it's a high concept game that I that I hadn't seen before. Well, I think that's one of the most disheartening things of this generation: the totally serious Bioshock and Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, first-person shooter single-player campaigns that were super well done, and then you have the anything but serious, but still extremely well done. Sorry, Pat. Uh, Battlefield Bad Company series, which was not groundbreaking, but still had an awesome single-player campaign. Um, and yet, they're turn- they're all turning their back on it. They're listening to what isn't the majority, but is a bunch of loud enough voices that I think single-player... I-, I think we'd better enjoy the- have enjoyed this generation, because I think they're going to make the what I feel is a fatal, stupid mistake of just turning their back on it yeah. and not even attempting to craft anything like a Bioshock, like the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I mean, even Modern Warfare 2's story was still epic, still, you know, really decently done. It just was starting to tread water. Um, I haven't played... I still haven't played 3. Um, they had they They had an opportunity, I think, Treyarch did to do it again with uh, Black Ops, and they chose to go Halo on it <laughs> for for Black Ops too. So you know <laughs> they kind of kept the story, but kind of didn't. Kind of seemed kind of stupid to me. Um, okay, so I, we're going to be running a little longer than usual, but I got two more things I want to get through real quick. Um, we're not doing controversies. You you can go read. Cold Taku or IGN for the biggest controversies of this generation. We've talked about them throughout the entire existence of this fucking podcast. Go back through and listen to them. <laughs> I don't want to talk about them again. I don't care. I don't care about the Sony hack. I don't care about the Red Ring of Death. I don't care about the ending of Mass Effect 3. Fuck off. Because uh... <laughs> don't you guys kind of agree? Haven't we talked those to the, the Infinity Ward getting fired stuff? Haven't we talked those kind of to death? They oh don't God, really yes. need well, that, to be recast. Yes. That, yes. That's, 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 I mean, we have we we have our, our our weekly news items, and those things come up in in those, you know. Yeah, and and so I mean, but we do have to. I think we do have to hit before we get to our favorite games of this generation, which we oh, some of which we've already talked about. Um, biggest disappointments. Glace, let's start with you. Oh. Hmm. Uh, uh. Oh, well, Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Nuts and Bolts, definitely up there. Probably in the top three. I, there's, I'm sure I have other ones, but that's the one I think of right off the bat, just because that was the main reason why I got a 360 in the first place. Because I, I figured out, okay, well, if there's going to be another game, 
it's going to be on, on a 360, so I guess I should get one. <laughs> it came out, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure there's others. There's the one I think off the top of my head. There are, uh, there are a lot this generation. Oh, Mario Galaxy for me. I know that's like a very unorthodox, and I should probably be thrown to hellfire for that. I was going to say, isn't that a kind of heresy in the Nintendo universe? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just didn't, it didn't do it for me. It wow. was fun. It was fun, but uh, maybe not Galaxy 1, maybe 2. I, I think I'm going to change my answer to 2, Mario Galaxy 2. It, it just felt like it was more of the same. I don't know. Each, each Mario on, on, on consoles has been a very different game, and then 2 came out, and it was like the same thing. So, of course, that was on the same system, but... So, yeah. Oh, and uh, a Skyward Sword as well. So, anything non-Nintendo, or are you good over there? No, uh, Banjo, Banjo, Nuts and Bolts. Oh, that's right, it wasn't. Mario Galaxy 2, Skyward Sword, and... Uh, let me just look at my games right here. Oh, and Assassin's Creed 3. <laughs> Most people tell you Assassin's Creed 1 and 2. Uh, <laughs> but that's good. John, you. Um, particular games that were disappointing, but I, I think anything I, I, from this generation that was yeah, a disappointment. Uh, I disagree about the Mario Galaxy one and two comments, but the I will say that I I'm a little disappointed that that uh, Nintendo's uh, decision to go a little more iterative on their library of games and, and not really changing things up enough. Skyward Sword was a fun Zelda game, but it really wasn't, even though it had the motion controls and all that kind of stuff, which were neat, I didn't think it, it pushed a lot of boundaries. Um, you know, the, Nintendo being the, the company who who, in a, who has always innovated and and pushing that envelope. You know, they, they, they started out very strongly, of course, with the motion, with the motion and Wii Sports and stuff, but I never did think that the the promise of the Wii was fully realized. Uh, the, it came close at times, but not perhaps not fully. And you know, I, I love the I love Nintendo and I love and I love their games, uh, but it's just you know, Nintendo has to me has, has never been a company to take the easy way out, and it seems like in, in some cases they were like. Uh, you know, what's a good example? You know, yeah, I guess Zelda being one of the one of those examples. You know, they didn't they didn't change up. Um, Animal Crossing is another one. Like all those Animal Crossing games are very similar to each other, and I've I've enjoyed the new one for some of its new features. But uh, you know, it's even the, even the new one isn't that different from the other ones. I, I I would I would like to see them push push more boundaries. And I, I guess that's most most my my biggest disappointment, I guess. Um, but then again, I guess there's also the the how the other companies kind of and I, uh, copied Nintendo a little bit with motion control and and kind of pushed it on people a little bit, you know, rather than coming up with something novel on their own. Now, Connected has done you know very well for Xbox, but the you know the PlayStation Move, which was um, an even more direct analog of of, uh, of the Wii Motion uh, controller, you know, they put it in there just because oh, it's hot now. Let's, let's do this, and then 
you know, put a lot of games out there just to die, right? I don't know. The cash in, the the cash in games are kind of my disappointment of, of this gen, I guess. I'd say that the the Connect shares a lineage to uh, the Wii Remote and Wii's motion control, but well, it's, it, oh, but it's it, the, but it's you, you you wouldn't have it if it wasn't for the for the Wii. Motion. Right, I said that earlier, but yeah. it's like a, the Wii is like a third cousin, twice removed when it comes to Connect, mm-hmm. and it's the inbred cousin in the basement nobody talks about when it comes to Move. Yeah, I I mean that's Sony. I don't know what Sony was thinking. I don't know if I'd classify those as disappointments. They piss a lot of people off, so it makes for cheap entertainment for me. Mm-hmm. What's, um, what's, so, what's too bad is that the that the Sony the the move actually works. It, it is very one to one. It 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 works very well. It's just that they just put this thing out there just to make a couple quick bucks, even though it's it's pretty decent tech and just let it die. Well, going into the next generation, I wonder if they're doing a lot of this, all the stuff they've done since post E3, whether they're doing a lot of that to try and keep up with Microsoft and its entertainment side, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be crapped out there and not paid any attention to. Mm-hmm. Sony's going to have to be very careful. Um, Microsoft's vision for the next generation may not be the <laughs> the best idea or the most gamer-friendly, but it, they seem to have thought out those aspects extremely well um, once they did their backtracking from some of the more uh, enraging features that they intended to implement, which will happen anyway. Um, But that's next generation, soon to be current generation. Oh, and yeah, and speaking of that, in the next couple shows, there will be no more of this next-gen, last-gen bullshit. I get tired of it extremely fast. Um... For me, uh, I mean, again, the, the, I'm always going to be disappointed in, in the made-up con- controversies and, and people's rea- overreaction to things that, that deserve some rage. But at the same time, a lot of times, you know, it's the case of when you point a finger, ten more pointing back at you. Uh, so that's always a disappointment. The fact, the fact that the console fanboys and the PC idiots can't get along, that's always going to be a disappointment, but it's also a lost cause. As far as games go, um, outside of Dragon Age, uh, (laughs) you know, which really was a disappointment, obviously I'm still talking about it. Uh, I think the fact that EA, while I don't believe they ever directly copied Call of Duty any more than Call of Duty swiped some features from Battlefield, the fact that they didn't leave Battlefield as it was in 1 and 2 um, and just go off of what they had and, and, and the, 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 you know, the consumer base they had was a little disappointing. Um, the fact that there really wasn't as many spot-on original RPGs for the consoles as I would have liked... There were a handful, but that's going to be a little bit of a biased disappointment because I'll take as many as I can get. Good ones. <laughs> um, but really, I think that's it for, for, for console disappointments. Okay, so to wrap it up, to end this, to end this uh, console generation recap, favorite games, 
And if you've already mentioned and talked about one, just mention it again and then move on. <laughs> we all need to do that. I'm telling you, I'm saying that as much for myself as I am for you guys. Uh, John, let's start with you. Uh, I've really enjoyed games. Uh, we've mentioned Mass Effect 2, Mario Galaxies. Um, I'll throw in a couple other ones. I, I really, really enjoyed Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, the the first one I liked, uh, but two I felt improved on everything that it, uh, the first one tried to, tried to do. Uh, so yeah, big fan of two. Uh, I, I liked uh, a game that was a bit of a surprise and how much I really enjoyed it. Has been the Dead Space series. I, I talked about that uh, a lot here on the show. Um, I like the I like the the Gears games, the Bioshock games. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Mass Effect. Uh, <laughs> rock, rock, rock band, of course. Uh, but um, I'm trying to think of some more that I can think of throw out there. Uh, I have, uh, and, and to be honest, it comes down to I have so I have so many games that I've played. And <laughs> to, uh, Glace, well, you, you take over for a minute while I just look at my my uh, my collection for a second. Well, uh, Red Dead Redemption, of course. Um, Rock Band, of course. Uh, you stole another one, John. I was going to say Assassin's Creed 2. Um, what else? Uh, I really did like Twilight Princess when I played it on Wii. I had a really good time playing that. A lot of people complained that it was a port and everything on Wii, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, what else? What's some other things? I'm trying to think of anything on handheld. We didn't really talk about any handheld games. I got, that I got some if you guys want to keep thinking. Uh, oh, Animal Crossing for uh, the original DS. So, definitely that one. Um, Halo 3. Uh, hey, take it over, Bruce. Come back to me. Okay. Deadly Premonition, simply because it exists. The Saboteur, blowing shit up, is never bad in open world. Fallout 3, obviously. Skyrim. Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Fable 2, Medal of Honor. Now, Medal of Honor, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I could tell what they were trying to do. I know the history behind it. That's why that game was one of my favorites of this generation, because it meant something to me. You can piss off at COD clone and all that bullshit. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, we talked about the Mass Effect series, including 3 with the ending, Bulletstorm, Borderlands. Uh, let me keep pulling out the drawer here, because I've only kept the ones that I really give a shit about. Uh, the Skate series, <laughs> um, Overlord, Saints Row 2, <laughs> what else do we got in here? Oh, I have kept some that I really don't like. <laughs> Did feel like trading in. Um, oh, do I see anything else down here? Did I say Enslaved? Enslaved, obviously. I've said that yeah, every week yeah. for like two fucking yeah, years. You, you got me on that one, which I, I'm like throwing a couple now. Uh, well, I got uh, one last one, and then I'm pretty much done with the okay. 360. Uh, Majin in the Forsaken Kingdom. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I was I was thinking to myself that I I'm, I haven't mentioned uh, any PS3 games, so I should mention the Uncharted games. I should mention Little Big Planet, um, especially Uncharted 2. That was that was f- phenomenal. Um, but then there's the downloadable space. Uh, uh, Journey is, is, a, is, a, is a groundbreaking kind of a game, and one of my favorites. Um, oh God, Mirror's Edge. 
Mirror's Edge Portal. My God, Portal. I forget Portal. Portal 2. Oh, uh, damn it. I don't have that one in a, in box form. I've only got it in the orange box. I forgot about Portal and Portal 2. Yeah, those are a little groundbreaking. Speaking mm-hmm. of ones we forgot a couple segments ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Notice why this is being done this way, talking about games in different segments toward the end. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably do a whole show on the two portals. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue. Um, I hit, I hit Dead Space. Uh, Left 4 Dead, I played Oodles of Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, yep. Um, the, and and uh, I mentioned the Batman games earlier. I think those are some pretty fine, fine, uh, fine games. Glacinator, this counts for everything. Everything that's made. Glacinator, there seems to be one you have forgotten. One that... Oh, I was also going to say... I one mean, else. you said Mirror's Edge, John. And you, I was also going to say uh, Arkham City... And I was going to say Burnout Paradise. Totally forgot about that game. That oh, game yeah, I should mention A lot of fun. Forza 2. Yeah, I'm not going to call that one of my favorites of the generation. Oh, Glace, you're still missing one. I talked about it earlier in the show. Minecraft? <laughs> See, I thought we were talking more so about about consoles no. specifically. No, this is games of the generation. And, See, and... I, don't, I, don't, I feel like Minecraft isn't really classifiable as this generation. Yeah, because it came out in the same period these consoles were out. That's how I'm defining it. I mean, well, it's still being updated right now. And right. Everything. Doesn't mean it had, doesn't have a chance of being the, our favorite game of the next generation, too. Okay. Um, because like uh, like that on the PC side, um, I have to go with Metro 2033, even though I'm probably never going to finish it because I don't like the controls. But it was, a f- it was a fun romp, what I played of it. Uh, what else do I got on the... Uh, World of Goo, got to throw mm-hmm. that one in there. Uh, Costume Quest, got to throw that one in there. I mean, that's the thing. This is our personal opinions, and we're not done with this with this last bit just yet. But for those of you that 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 have this attitude, and I've seen it in a number of places that there weren't that many good games this generation. What the fuck have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> We've mentioned how many now. 40 games easy easily easily you know i mean i can think of 40 or 50 games this generation that i just absolutely love there's there's like like I, when i look at my 360 drawer here right there are two four six uh, there, there's about 40 games in here and i can only see and i'm not gonna name them i can only see like maybe two or three that I really probably should have traded in, just never did, because they're only worth fifty cents now. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, oh, Just Cause Two, <laughs> duh, was one of my favorites. Not a, again, this is not best James Gate James games of the generation. This is our favorite games of the generation. Um, and it, 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 one final um, shot for each of you. Place go first. Uh, I heard you. Ooh. I'm still looking through all my uh, DS games, my infinite drawer of that. <laughs> oh gosh! Like you hear all this? Like yes. Giant. I'm mess. not even sure if DS counts as a. When did the DS come out? That came out in 2005. Okay. So uh, I mean, because if 3DS is this generation, then DS is last generation, right? I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure when the hell you could put up put it put the 3DS in. Or, Cause it's carrying on. Yeah. Okay. Well then, never mind. I guess. 
Uh, I yeah, I don't know anymore. I've lost it. John, do you have any other quick ones off the top of your head? Uh, I uh, Metroid Prime Three. Uh, yep. The uh, the um, I mean we we mentioned Wii Sports already. Um, you, you know Mario Kart Wii. Um, I, I still think that's a pretty good game. Oh. It, it holds up. Naked Midgets. What the hell was that game called? Cargo Quest for Gravity. I never played it, but I know what it is. Thank you. I think that's hilarious. Looking. Yes, Cargo the Quest for Gravity. <laughs> it's so not worth full retail price, but it's so worth playing just because you have naked midget Ken dolls that, ha- that have no gender flying around with you. I really need to play through that again. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so I'll, I'll throw I'll throw a couple more Rayman Origins, Kirby's yep. Epic Yarn. I mean, the stuff that I've been playing with Peter. Um, Rayman Jungle Run. Yeah, it's all it's 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 all good stuff. Super so Meat many good Bo- games. Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy. I wish I could, I could wish I could turn on my Xbox and go through everything that I have on there. But <laughs> oh, Fez, I'll put Fez in there, even though you hate it. I don't hate it. I hate the <laughs> douchebag that made it. Uh, Fez, Fez itself was not for me, but uh, but I quit the internet, dude. Phil, whatever his face is. Um, did he oh, ever? You're get talking it? about a mobile game. Sorry, sidetrack. You were talking about Rayman Jungle Run. Yes. Okay. What about Infinity Blade? Oh yeah, Infinity Blade game dev story. Um. <laughs> Jetpack Joyride. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, I remember my name and account password to Xbox.com. <laughs> Let's see if I can get to my games. <laughs> I don't think I can. Oh, Castle Crashers. Castle uh, pff, Castle Crashers. Mm-hmm. I enjoy I enjoyed Bastion. I enjoyed Trials. I enjoy I... Uh yeah, Trials, even though I still don't like their French fry. Oh Christ, Alan Wake! Oh man, Alan Wake. Alan Wake, I've got that on good old games. Still have not played it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, there's some uh, a Burnout Crash HD was probably one of my favorites. I spent quite a bit of time in it. Limbo. Uh, yes, Limbo. Yeah. Goes right. Goes right around. Goes right along with. Um... Okay, what else? What the hell else have we? It, I thought there was a way you could look at. Your Halo Reach. Did I mention hey, that? Hey, here's one of my biggest disappointments of the generation: that one versus one hundred died. Yeah, that's something they should bring back. I agree. Agree totally. Oh, what about uh, Duke Nukem? Forever. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with no on that one. For disappointments. So, oh, for disappointments. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Gearbox really had a crapper after you know they did really good with Borderlands, but Duke Nukem Forever and and uh, Aliens versus Colonial Marines they really didn't have any love. Oh, and and for my last disappointment was uh, that the Last Guardian didn't come out this generation. Last Guardian's not coming out. That last PR spins really got me, <laughs> really got me convinced now that it's not ever coming out. Damn it, I thought there was a way you could view your games. I guess I could go to Raptor. Anyway, last question. Last question, then we'll get the hell out of here so John's 
maybe awake, slightly awake at work tomorrow when he's playing with chemicals. Um, is this generation over? <laughs> that is the question because I and I ask it as ridiculous as that sounds. I'm sure to our listening audience at home, I ask it because the they're not done making games for the consoles. Like a lot of the games coming out for Xbox One and PS4 right now with launch are already on the 360 and PS3. So is this generation even done yet? Uh, John, let's start with you. Uh, for me personally, definitely not. Uh, but I think, I think um, for the general population, I don't think I don't think it's over. I mean, there's there's still there's still time to draw out of it. There's still so many games that, that are cross you know cross platform like that. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna go on for a while. What, are, 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 are you comfortable with officially calling it when they stop making the last generation get consoles? Like, they've stopped making the Wii, but... but or, or is it... Like, for me, I'm kind of thinking a year into this next generation. Yeah. I, or I mean, more people. Well, well, let's think about the PS2. The PS2 uh, lasted really long after the PS3 came out. Um, but when, when you get to the point where all you're getting on the system are... Like there, there are there are no AAA titles anymore. It's just like you know low level ports and you know uh, uh, tie, you know like movie movie and movie uh, and uh, license license games. That's what it. Then there's a, a few license games are coming out for the system. Like that that's when it's over and it's just not worth talking about. But I mean when you've got you still got Call of Duties and such coming out on these and on the systems. That's still high-profile games, and the, and the means are still there's still there's still life left. Glaze, is this generation over? Nope. We're still in a 360 PS3 generation, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, all these games that are coming out, you know, uh, you know, Watch Dogs and uh, the new Bungie game and all this. I mean, they're still being made for 360 and everything. So, I feel like they're primarily made for, if you want to call it last generation now, primarily made for that. So until that stops happening, then we're still in that generation, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, I'll ask you what I asked John uh, while your internet was having a little bit of a burp. Will it be over when they stop making this generation's consoles, or will will it be over like a year from now when everybody's... when When the new consoles have kind of worked out all the kinks and there's somewhat of a game library? I think it's going to take a little bit longer than a year for that to happen, just because I think there's a lot of people like like us who are very wary about getting a new system because there aren't really that many games that interest us. And I think it's going to take more than a year for them to build a library that's interesting. Well, I I think uh, I think like like GTA Five and and Borderlands Two right there off the top are ones that I want to play. Still, on the 360, I'd much rather play them on console than on PC. Even if I do the upgrades I'm thinking about doing to my PC later this winter. Um, then I'm sure that there's a ton more I'm not thinking of that I've missed. Now that I've played Halo 3 in story, if I found Halo 4 and the use bin for decent price, I might want to go through the single player to see the continuing adventures of Master Chef. 
Like, I, I just have to look at my shelf and know that I'm I, my time is tied up incredibly between games like Dark Souls and um, and I want to finish off Dishonored. I I need uh, to pick I, that up for console. Thank you. I, I, I have I have Fallout Three sitting here on the shelf. I have um, Infamous Two and Max Payne and I have Christ right there is Skyrim. I forgot I had that. <laughs> you know I there's so, I, my time is. The force compels you. A- actually, a beta I'm participating in, not participating in. You just, let me give you a piece of advice, people. If you ever get into some kind of not beta, don't read the NDA closely. NDA closely, unless you don't understand lawyerese, then go ahead and read it because it won't make any sense to you. Because because I'm in a beta, not not beta th- this weekend potentially, maybe that might have something to do with Skyrim. <laughs> That I'm not gonna oh. be able to talk about, but you guys should. You got? Do you guys even know like with the hints what I'm talking about, or are you even aware that what I'm gonna be playing exists? Yeah, potentially. I'm, I have an idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. I th- I thought it had made it out there, but but yeah, I play Skyrim because I have a sneaking suspicion that when I can not talk about or talk about what I'm not doing. Uh, I I have an idea that that could draw in some non non fans. Once you get into Skyrim, John, the problem is going to become Peter's going to be extremely mad because it's not a kid game, mm-hmm. and it's going to suck you in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still watch like like the Nerdist does Skyrim Cops, and I, I almost don't want to watch it as funny as that little video show is because every time like the last time i watched through the the seasons of skyrim cops and i think there's i think they just finished season three i started playing skyrim again i've made a new character every time i see skyrim cops or something with some skyrim parody or or just some video of skyrim i want to go start playing it again um you know <laughs> mm-hmm. things could get very ugly when its potential, when it when its MMO brother comes out, <laughs> you know, mm. I I have said I know that much. I've said that on the show previously. That when the Elder the Elder Scrolls Online, I'm not happy about their subscription fee, but <laughs> there's potential to never be seen again, in a in a in a, in a box under the bridge on the freeway. <laughs> but um, so so there you have it. Kind of a generation recap, obviously. Unless we want to do like a three-hour show, I'm sure this bad boy is probably going to clock in at two. Uh, we really couldn't cover everything. I'm just really happy we were all three in agreement on not doing the controversies. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us and start your own controversy, we have a number of ways you can do that. First is Facebook. It's Wonderpot Online, all one word. Send our Facebook dude a friend request. Unless you're an obvious bot, he'll accept it. Uh, we have a fine website where this podcast is posted, uh, largely for archival purposes. It's wonderpotonline.com. That's all one word, wonderpotonline.com. And on top of posting it there, though, I do put an embedded player in each post so that if you don't want to mess with MP3s, sick and tired of downloading them, just want to listen, open a tab on your favorite browser and listen to the show. Uh, If you do want MP3s and don't know where to get them at this point, we are on iTunes. I just checked the store the other day. We are there. That store gets any more convoluted. 
it's going to be a Microsoft product. Apple really needs to do something with the iTunes store. Uh, if you don't like iTunes, we and we know a few people don't, we're on our, at archive.org. Uh, again, I post links to all this stuff in, on wonderpodonline.com, but just in case you don't want to go there, there you go. Um, we have forums, wonderpodonline.com slash WPO forums, I think. Or just go to our website. And on the right-hand side, there's a links bar at the bottom. There's a link to our forums. Apparently, some people didn't know that, which cues me off to the fact that they don't, they don't listen to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Facebook. Oh, we're on Twitter. It's at WonderPod Online. All one word, at WonderPod Online. I should get on there some point start posting random crazy shit. Uh, we have YouTube channels. WonderPod Online YouTube channel. My personal YouTube channel. Glacianator's YouTube channel. Chris Lloyd's Fantasy YouTube channel. And speaking of Chris, he will be joining us next week uh, live here in our recording hovel. Uh, none of that works for you. Hell with it. We got an email address. It's wonderpod at wonderpodonline.com. Wonderpod at wonderpodonline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at O-R-I-G-I-M. Or you can follow John on Twitter. At John Kehoe, J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E. Until episode 185, I am Bruce McGee. I'm off to exercise the ghost of Kevin Butler out of PS4s. See you, people. Cheers. Goodbye. <laughs>